I'm an old broken down piece of meat. And I'm alone. You stupid fucking blabbermouth! Take a stand. Baby bitches leave. Hey team, it's the one and only podcast where you can hear a couple of guys talk about the movies. The movies. We're here in the spooky zone. Oh. Chill Zone's been uh, redubbed. It's true. There are cobwebs and fake skeletons Mm. everywhere. Very much a Halloween decorating kind of guy. I actually got here a little before you today in rare fashion, and I was wishing that I had a bunch of decorations so I could do just that oh, down just here. Fill the whole room. Yeah. You getting legitimately enraged? Like, what did you do to my home? I would probably <laughs> laugh. If it wasn't anything like paint related, if it was stuff that I could easily yeah. get rid of, I'd laugh. Just some cobwebs. But now you've said it, so that you got to do something else. Some bones, maybe a cauldron filled with like Mountain Dew. Mm. That's fun. I, I did say I wanted something spooky. Yeah. It's Halloween season. We got uh, Halloween Kills comes out next week. It'll be the featured review. I'm That's psyched about that. Yeah. Hubie Halloween Kills, the sequel. I'm sure that's uh, forthcoming. They're probably filming it. Your Hubie Halloween Twitter giveaway shirt that says like fart zone. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have entered it. the fart zone, I believe. Damn, I should have worn it today. I actually was driving through Salem again today and thinking about Hubie Halloween and uh, how I need to get a rewatch in. How bad was that? I was in Salem last Friday getting tattooed and Mm. I'll give them a little plug. Uh, North Street Tattoo, go see Jimmy. Jimmy! Um, Jimmy! (laughs) But I was in getting into Salem and then getting out of Salem on the 1st of October sucked. We're in the traffic talk corner. Let's talk Boston traffic for the next hour because I got a lot of opinions. Have you ever been storrowed? Because I have. It I, fucking hurts. I have been in traffic as a result of a storrowing. Mm. Storrow's not my problem, though. The problem is that the entire back bay is being overrun by construction projects. <laughs> I thought you were going to, I thought Hank was going to sneak no. in oh, and finish Hank, that sentence. Hank coming in with some serious racism. No, it is, it is. It, but overrun by construction projects both from the city and privately. And mm. like like literally, I had to do a couple of block circles to find a space going to work this morning. And as I got out of my car and was getting my backpack, this construction worker who was illegally parked blocking someone's garage looked at me and was like, are you, are you leaving? And I was like, no. And I felt like saying, I literally just got here. You are a plague on my existence. But I just let it go. You should have been like, I'm not the fucking one. Not me, guy. I'm Make slain. me a martini, you fat fucking retard. And speaking of all this stuff, right? Are you aware of what we were doing on this day 15 years ago? <laughs> oh my God. He, he knows You're exa- goddamn right I am. He knows exactly what we were doing. <laughs> Incredible. Are you going to stop doing coke deals with your jerk off fucking cousin? <laughs> Fans. On this day, 15 years ago, October 8th, we were settling into our second of five theatrical viewings of the feature film The Departed. No why is ever. (laughs) Which, I mean, 
I've seen a lot of people online celebrating the uh, the departed in lieu of this 15th anniversary with zero irony. Yeah, I don't know if any fans of this program also listen to the rewatchables, but uh, they did an episode on it. Oh, they, I listened. They had some takes that I was really like. They see it as like a joke, yeah. like we do. They get it, and I don't even think they're all from around here. And I was like, oh, like <laughs> it's not just us who like think this is a legit comedy classic. Well, the the funniest part of The Departed is the fact that, like Bill Simmons points out, who's the host of The Rewatchables and The Ringer Network, mm. he pointed out that it was just a shit year for Oscars. It was like Blood yes. Diamond and Babel. No, he went through And the- like, there's a list of the other Best Picture candidates were just turkeys. No, like The Queen, Little Miss Sunshine. I never thought about it before, but it was like a dud of a year. Little year. Miss Sunshine has almost zero rewatchability. Yeah, I remember enjoying it at the time, but yeah, I'd never throw that on again. Nope. I own the DVD. I'll never watch that again. Nah. Who could be bothered? It's Alan Arkin's movie. <laughs> Paul Dano sucks in it. He hasn't like found his thing yet. And Chloe Grace, Grace Moretz aged awkwardly. I think that's... It's Abigail Breslin. Right. I get them confused. Kind of They're both... Yeah. You know who I mean. The girl with the teeth who looks like she grew up in Pembroke. Yes. Um, Still awaiting activation at like 27 years old. Yeah, right. She never grew up. She was frozen in time. Like child actor just encapsulated. Eh. Um, can I do birthdays before we go off on anything else? I would love Just to that. get it out of the way. Let me turn it up a little here. My little my birthday music. Happy birthday, guys. Uh, friend of the show, Nev Campbell is Ooh. 48. Because I was a big fan of Nev's. Mm. We, we're going to see her in uh, that new Scream movie that comes out in January or feeling February. you'd bring that up. He's in. Kate Winslet, uh, uh, talented actress Kate Winslet, is 45. She, that can't, wait, is Nev Campbell really 48? Nev Campbell's 48, yeah. She's older than Kate Winslet? I guess so. That seems fucked up to me. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg is 37, which adds up. He's our age. Mm, And enemy of the show, Chevy Chase, is 78. Chevy. And still a dickhead. I think I got him on my shirt right here. You do? I do. I'm wearing a Caddyshack shirt. I wanted that shirt so bad. Oh, yeah. Kid, I would have gotten it for you. They didn't have a latch. Fucked up. I should have asked for an XL and just gone with it. Some good birthdays. Oh. That no deaths this week. Not that I saw, no. Yeah. <laughs> no deaths. Um, kind of like a light news week. We might be a little news light and review heavy this I was going to say, I watched a bunch. So We got a ton of reviews. Back heavy episode. Yeah. But we got to talk about how Venom Let There Be Carnage has been getting boffo box office, one might say. <laughs> It's an uncle-to-uncle reference for uh, funny for them. But yeah, they it's making a fortune. It had the biggest opening weekend of the pandemic, making $90.1 million last weekend. Which I think is a big... That did better than the first one, which was in 2018 when, you know, we didn't even know that the Chinese could kill us. <laughs> Hank, settle down. But yeah, no, this is like crazy money. This made more than like Fast 9. This is like outrageous how much money Venom 2 made. Awesome. More than Shang-Chi and Black Widow. People people love that Venom. Now, is it making so much money internationally? Like, what's the, the fix here? Like, why is it doing such good numbers? Well, that's just here, that 90.1. For real? Yeah. And they Are get to keep that. Are you for real? 
no matter what, even if they do Carnage, a bad job. Yes, okay, he gets it. Oh yeah, but uh, that's what's called their quote. I think it's doing well other places too. I wish I had more figures here to that <laughs> end. But, uh, I mean, whereas the Many Saints of Newark, which we'll be oh, reviewing later in the program, debuted with a a cool five million. <laughs> like, I mean. Venom 2 made $90 million, and basically a Sopranos movie came out the exact same weekend and made $5 million. Like, a twelfth of that. It's, it's kind of fucked up. Uh, that's... And like Adam, I, don't, I, have no, I have no words for that. <laughs> kids fucking Truly. speechless. And like Adam's Family 2, an animated kids movie that they barely even did any promotion for because it's probably just horrible and barely exists that made 18 million it's like many, what many well, saints kids, newark kids movies like, oh. always do well and i mean many saints in newark was free on hbo max and people everybody's narrative in the pandemic has been you know i'm not going to movie theaters anymore i got better food at my house and more comfortable furniture and it's like <laughs> shut up i have a fucking movie theater in my basement and i'm still going to movies i'm going to see silence of the lambs in the theaters next weekend just because it's in theaters the movies. Just go to the fucking theater. Wow. I'm down. Yeah, that... Uh, we haven't seen it yet, but that new Bond movie just came out. I'm going to be seeing that. I am famously not a Bond guy. Mm. I'm actually of the school of thought that Piers Brosnan... <laughs> He's your number one? Is my number one Bond. That's a fair take. I mean, Goldeneye was good. Tomorrow Someone, Never Dies wasn't too bad. 10 out of 10. Die Another Day was a big fat dud, but what can you do? Mm. Yeah, people seem to be liking this new No Time to Die, which is uh, Daniel Craig's final foray as uh, the titular Jimmy Bond. This is his big send-off, and I'll see it. It's two hours and 45 minutes, which oh. uh, has me a little... Gives me pause. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> going into a movie that's almost three hours, not knowing if you're going to like it. Like, it's one thing if it's The Departed and you're like, of course, this will be good. Yeah. But like, there's a good chance that there's a lot of stuff that doesn't need to be in the movie during Bond and you're bored. That makes me worry that, yeah, there's like a 15 minute Rami Malik soliloquy to the oh. camera that will just make me sick to I my like stomach. traveling by train. Yeah. Mr. Bond. Probably it's a dope train scene. But yeah, we'll see that. Probably review it next week or in the coming weeks. Um, did you see that Eminem has opened a restaurant called Mom's Spaghetti in Detroit? Presumably on or near the 8 Mile of the film 8 Mile. <laughs> yeah. What a stupid restaurant idea. I did see that. There was like a... A magazine clipping of like him leaning outside of a window. There it is. Yeah, yeah. him like handing food to someone. Like here you go, girl. Yeah, like this sounds like a joke. Eminem opens up a restaurant called Mom's Spaghetti, but this is real. This is the kind of thing that happens in this day and age. I'm such an Eminem guy, but I mean, he's had so many bad albums recently. Yeah, yeah imagine. Yeah, he's been on a bad clip. I feel like no one's. No one sticks up for him anymore. There were a couple when he first like yeah. came back or whatever, and it was like, he's still kind of got it. But now everyone's just like, yeah, it's, it's kind of fucked up how bad he is now. <laughs> like, the, the funny part about Eminem is that like when we were 15, he was like 
to me, the greatest musician alive. This is a very hot take, I'm aware. And I just loved him when like, you know, Slim Shady LP, Marshall Mathers LP, Kid. The Eminem Show. And then like Encore came out and I was like, well, that wasn't that good. And then after that, it was just bad. Mm. Like nothing good at all. And I remember like slowly watching him like go, like, it was almost like this rapid descent into drug and alcohol addiction. And then like he got, he disappeared for a while and then he got sober and like became this like different guy, like Shade 45 radio started on Sirius XM and it was just mm-hmm. like he was, you know, and then he's like making cameos in movies and like doing weird albums every year or two. And all of his songs sounded exactly the same and like the fun you know, angry, weird, drug addict Eminem was gone, which is probably a good thing because he would have died otherwise. But he Mm. got sober about the same time that I did, a couple of months ahead of me in 2008. Cheers. And it's basically since then that he's just not produced a good song. Yeah. I'm still kind of, at least one song, an album, he'll do that thing where he raps like crazy fast with all like, you're still in? I like when he does that. I'm still on board for that. It's like, well, at least he's got this. Like, this is kind of fun. Right. Just do that thing where you talk really fast, M. Yeah. My blapkin. That Crystalia. But I can't decide if it's fun that he opened a restaurant called Mom's Spaghetti. I don't know if I like that bit. I can't decide. Um, I don't think he thinks it's funny, so... Yeah. To us, it's funny. It's just in. And maybe because of the success of Venom 2, uh, the Jared Leto-led <laughs> Morbius movie, <laughs> which uh, is a character that even is beyond me. I don't know who Morbius is. I think he's like a Spider-Man villain that Sony's just making all these movies because they have the rights, and they're like, let's see what happens. It's... Uh, it's actually coming out earlier than it was supposed to, coming out at the end of this month, October 29th. Will we be seeing Morbius in the theater? Uh, yes, for the bit, <laughs> for the bit. It's a yes. I don't really like him. No. I remember we've had this discussion about how, you know, like I would compare Requiem for a Dream to Boondock Saints Kid. in terms of how it's aged. And what the age we were at when it came out, like, dude, have you seen this? Yeah, like. I remember thinking he was this outstanding actor. And like, sure, he's since won an Oscar for uh, Dallas Buyers Club, which, you know, whatever. But mm. I'm, I don't know. There's something about him that's very dislikable, unlikable. It, yeah, all these like Sony Spider-Man side movies. They all seem like movies from like 15 years ago. Like Morbius, he's like a, a living vampire. I just looked it up. Like, what is, what is this? And aren't they contractually obligated to crank out like four more? Probably. Or something like that. Like they signed on that deal and like Marvel's sold off the rights to Sony. And I now think, they're like spiting them and like you got to do it. But you, you can have it, but you have to do five movies. Yeah, it's always up in the air. All the rights. <sighs> Enough. Yeah. Speaking of rights, um, did you see that uh, Bam Margera dude, got photographed with a April. drink in his hand? Dude, it fucking wasn't me, April and Phil. Famously supposed sober guy. He was at a Florida casino, and I guess it turned into this whole domino effect that ended up with the, like him just being a complete slob, and then the, the police gave him a ride to a rehab facility. Like they didn't arrest him. They were just like, all right, bam. And they just took him to rehab. So I guess he got in the taxi and went to treatment. (laughs) 
Bow, 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 bow. Bow, bow, bow. I have high hopes for the Jackass movie. Yeah. I had a legit cackle at the trailer in the theaters the other day when I was seeing Many Saints of Newark. They're the kings of cheap laughs. They They know what to do. I wonder if, like, as the movie gets closer, Bam is getting more and more amped up because he's upset that he's no longer a part of it. Yeah. Probably, right? He's probably missing out on so much dough. He fucked up. He must know he fucked up. And it probably doesn't help his uh, his wild back-and-forth nature. Mm. But what can he do? Ooh, Coco's joining the show. Hey, Coco. Did you see that thing I posted the other day of uh, a new Christmas movie called Pups Alone? I did. With the tagline, Christmas has never been so rough. Pups alone, the KY connection. <laughs> Green light. And rough in that tagline spelled R-U-F-F because of uh, Who's do- in that? Like, dog stuff. Uh, like Josh Gad or something? I'm glad you asked because it has one of the stronger casts I've ever seen, quite frankly. Mm. Jerry O'Connell leading it off. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Rob Schneider. And Dolph Lundgren. Such a strange lineup of you, people that like their career. You needed a sound drop. For yeah, I was like, like, do you have that. an applause sound drop to throw in there? <laughs> How's that? Good enough. I feel like it's not loud enough. I mean, this is just a turkey. This is a must see. A new Christmas classic. We Harvey Weinstein produced joint. Wow, I'm producing it from prison. Oh my. Did you see I'm in the news this week again? What's he uh, up to? I was actually Peter Jackson designed an orc in the Lord of the Rings movie to look like me. I saw that. Um or true uh fans who watched the DVD extras back in the day already knew that. Um or Peter Jackson already admitted that even before he got canceled. Oh yeah, that's, that's like badass. A, yeah, that's like an old story. They had a famous like those movies barely got made there because they were so costly. They did it all at the t- same time, and Harvey Weinstein's a very uh, fucked up character mm. who makes made things difficult for a lot of people in a variety of fashions. While we're on the subject of rapists, mm. did you see the Robin Thicke news? I did not. Apparently, on the set of actually Blurred Lines, this song's video. He cupped and grabbed Emily Ratajkowski's tits from behind when she was doing a nude scene. Inappropriate. That movie is kind of like what got her, or that video rather, is what got her famous. No. That, uh, that's fucked up. Bad dude. coming out of the woodwork a decade later and saying that he, he was a creep. And I would prefer to give him the benefit of the doubt to explain himself, or this is all alleged. But I don't see why she'd make that up. It's so funny that he he got popular because of that song. Yes. And then like never really had any hits after that. But since that, I think he had to pay like a fortune because they stole the beat from mm-hmm. like Marvin Gaye or something. So he had to like pay all the money back. Now he's getting like canceled, even though he hasn't had anything in forever. He has somewhat of a foothold, I guess, in like the hip hop community in the sense that oh, like shit. he's done features on a lot of songs and like he's kind of a crooner and like he he was on that show real husbands of hollywood with oh, like an all black cast as the as the white token white guy so wow. for whatever reason he kind of has like that like eminem jack harlow like pass chet hanks pass with the black people so i think there when you look at the comments of his of the posts like entertainment weekly that like the black people are the ones defending him so we'll see where he goes with this or where yeah. it goes but i mean 
his dad died a couple years ago. Like, give him a break. True. Maybe it's not true, but if it is true, throw him in with R. Kelly and they can <laughs> sing themselves to sleep every night. What do you mean? I wouldn't hate doing another R. No. Kelly bit, but we're not going to do it. <laughs> Alan Thicke was uh, very funny. He did a bunch of Tim and Eric bits in uh, in the latter years of his life. Was he in the Terry Green machine? Maybe. It's the Terry He's Green in a bunch machine. Of them. They sneak him in. And I don't know if you saw the trailer for the new Game of Thrones prequel oh. called House of the Dragon. But it sure as hell looks like a Game of Thrones spinoff. I'll say that for it. Can't wait. (laughs) Like watching this trailer, it's just like, I can't believe they're trying to just double down, even though everyone on Earth hated the ending. And this is like a prequel where they get into like the Khaleesi's parents and what they were doing like 7,000 years ago or something. I don't know that there's anyone on earth jazzed for this. No. In the sense of like the, the show itself fizzled out with some weird like off book, like notoriously disliked final episodes. Nobody liked it. No. Is this like a make good? I, that's probably what it is in their minds. But, right. I mean, prequels are tough to begin with. And then... Like they show like a baby Khaleesi. It's like, do we care about this? Like this is just no. like classic prequel stuff. We don't. Where it's they're just trying to find some story there just to keep their popular thing alive. But yeah, I don't know. I think it comes out in like six months or so. I'll probably watch one episode, see if it grabs me. And when it doesn't, mm. folks, you're gonna be hearing about it. And HBO-wise, they just greenlit a new show from Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider, who co-created that show, The Other Two, which just oh. got picked up for season three. So We like that show. Yeah, they got uh, a lot going on over at HBO with that uh, that duo. And they don't say a lot about this new show, but if it's from them, I'm sure it'll be good. If you're not watching The Other Two on HBO Max, you should. I have yet to finish the second season of the other two, but it's been good so far. It's, it's really funny. good. I've recommended that show to a few people, and I don't know if they've gotten it. Yeah. Dan got on board. A few people were like, ah. He gets it. He's in. Um, Oh, there's more Donald Trump news. Terrific. He's back. He's filing I'm a back. motion against Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey <laughs> to restore his Twitter account. Wow. Because that's important for a 78-year-old man. Folks, we got him. <laughs> it took way longer than I thought, but we finally got him. And now we can move along. That uh, I love that Donald Trump's just sitting around, like, upset that he can't tweet. It's like, God damn it. I, I need those tweets. I need people to read my fucking rants. He, I, I feel like there's a lot of other... Oh, boy. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. You bring up Donald Trump, and then this happens, like... Some other country songs started playing, but then this art. How you doing, Hank? It's, wow. It's good to see you. Hank's here. Hey, partner. <laughs> wow. I just heard that uh, red coat, uh, John Oliver. And yes. I, and I figured that I'd get down here and straighten him the fuck out. How dare you? Listen to me, John. If I wanted your opinion, 
I'd beat it out of you. <laughs> oh my. If you have something to say about the best president that this country has ever seen, you could say it to my face and my fists. <laughs> I will say it in an, a long-winded, eight minutes too long tirade on my show that nobody watches anymore. The amount of words that you just said just now is enough words for the rest of the day. Your show stinks, and you are a small man. What? I'm going to beat you unconscious and throw you into my truck and drive off a cliff and kill us both. Goddamn. <laughs> wow, John, Ol John Oliver just ran out of the studio crying. I think Hank is... Very British. Hank is upset. Yeah. You can't make fun of Donald Trump and have Hank not get involved. Yeah. And John should have known that. That's true. He's a big uh, Trump supporter. Yeah, they're going to go take that fight into the front yard. That'd be a fun fight. Mm. It would be uh, a good out-on-the-lawn fight like <laughs> Bruce and Jack. We're rebooting Celebrity Deathmatch. You that, brutes. That dog shit claymation MTV show. It's back. I remember loving that as a kid, thinking oh, it yeah. was so funny. Yeah, like in, waiting to see, like, who's it going to be tonight? <laughs> yeah. Who's the guest going to be, clay-wise? <laughs> Um, have you been watching The Undertaker's new show on Netflix? <laughs> I have not. I wish I had The Dumb. Undertaker music queued up. Yeah, but yeah, that, I haven't seen it either. But I just think it's funny that he is a show. It's, it's like it's funny that it exists. Yeah, we'll watch that. We'll do the Paul Bear voice. Do you see that? Oh, Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp were all down this week because somebody hacked the Facebook servers or whatever, and Mark Zuckerberg lost seven billion dollars in stock. I guess people sold off or whatever. I don't know how that affects the market because I'm an idiot, but somehow Mark Zuckerberg lost a bunch of dough, and that's funny to me. It's funny that he makes so much money if his site's down for an afternoon, he loses that much. Right. So that gives you an idea how much he's bringing in he on lost all the hours that it's He lost up. basically like a billion dollars an hour. Yeah. It's outrageous. Which I, w I would like to know the guys, somebody made a good point there. Like the guys who are taking down these websites, why can't you like erase credit card debt or Ooh. erase people's student loans? Like do something yeah. productive. Just yeah. taking down Facebook, there's no point to that. Do cool hacker stuff like fucking Matthew Lillard in the right. movie Hackers. I would like to open up my American Express app and have my six hundred and fifty dollar balance be zero. Ooh. Do that little bit for me, and Could then have you? those the balance just disappear. Would you go ahead, Hacker Nation? Mm. They won't. Did you see that George Clooney refuses to show Batman and Robin to his wife, saying, "quote I want her to have respect for me." Sounds about right. Yeah. Nobody has anything good to say about those, like Schumacher, or like. <laughs> post tim burton pre christopher nolan batmans they're all like like even in the val documentary he's just shitting all over that movie i'd file batman and robin under like a hot turkey where it's so bad it's fun to watch i feel the same way about batman forever you got arnold as mr freeze in there you got <laughs> chill yeah literally every line he has is a cold pun cool it's, off yeah it's literally like a wonder to behold watching him in that movie and Uma Thurman's kind of fun as Poison Ivy, but... What are you doing? I think Clooney has made worse than Batman and Robin. There's movies he should be more have, embarrassed by. You have an axe to grind with The Descendants. I do. Despite its Oscars. Yeah, the fact that it won like best screenplay. That is such like a slog of a nothing of a movie. I think I it's know. better than Sideways. What do you think? I think that that's fucked up and you're trying to get a rise out of me. <laughs> You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. 
But yeah, like if Clooney showed, <laughs> if he showed his wife the good German, then he's really in trouble. Didn't like, he direct that? I think that was Soderbergh. Oh, you're right. But yeah, like has she seen Leatherheads, George? I'm like, a Dapper Dan man. She's seen that. There's no possible way she could have respect for you. Um, I can't think of that bad of a Clooney role. My favorite Clooney role, realistically, it's up in the air. Mm. Um, oh, I thought you were just uh, saying that as a statement and not the name of the movie up in the air. That's funny. <laughs> I think it really is up in the air or maybe out of sight. Up in the Ooh. air, out of sight, and from dusk till dawn are my top three Clooney movies. And I know Ocean's Eleven should be in there, but it's not. You're an uncool Clooney. Yeah. Those are all cool. And the Coen All Brothers, over the place, Clooney's cool. Coen Brothers, he's always like weird Clooney, where he's like a fucked up dude. He's great in uh, Burn After Reading. Mm. His character just constantly going for runs. Yeah. And just like having Make- sex with Francis McDormand, which doesn't feel like it would be real on any planet. Yeah. That movie's great, if you haven't seen it. I think it's on Netflix. Very underrated uh, Coen Brothers. Agreed. They got Hamlet coming out. Oh, wait, no, that's Christmas. That'll be Christmas. That's close. We're getting there. Speaking of Christmas, you'll be able to get some Kanye West electronics for your family, potentially, for Christmas. He's starting a company called Donda, where they will be making computers, headphones, and uh, iPads, tablets. Wow. Seems unnecessary, but he's doing it. Yeah. This sounds like a can't miss. I say there's no way that Kanye's electronics are anything short of on time and incredible. I'm sure there's a lot of annoyance circulating around the fact that they're probably going to cost twice as much and like sell out immediately like anything else. Like I bought a a Yeezy Gap collaboration hoodie the other day, just a basic Gap hoodie for $90. Mm -hmm. And if I want to resell it, I can probably resell it for triple that. Interesting. Which I probably will when it doesn't fit. Yeezy. Squeezers. Um, You know they're making a new Hellraiser reboot over at Hulu. I've actually not seen all of the Hellraiser movies. I think I saw the first one and that's it. I've seen the first two. Guess what? I think they're like too scary. Too scary? (laughs) This is a reveal. (laughs) They're too much. Even now, (laughs) when I watch them, I'm like, this is a lot. I can't handle this. Oh man, I'm so scared. (laughs) That's what's going on when I try to watch these. Especially the second one. It's like a fucking nightmare of a... (laughs) Just like <laughs> you, like down in the nook too, like putting a blanket over your eyes, shivering. Oh, that's good. That's good. And like, I thought you were going to say they're bad movies, and I was going to say, yeah, probably, but they're too scary. Is your take too scary, <laughs> Scotty Scaredy Cat? <laughs> Black Bart's Cave. Like throw on that second one, and like the gore is just like appalling. I don't know. Maybe I'll give them a go. I that makes me want to watch it. them more. Maybe I need to fire up my Shutter subscription Ooh. at like fifty dollars for two years or whatever their awful like nothing <laughs> fee is. Shutter. That's pretty much all my news. I had a sports corner, but I'm like not in the mood to get into character for the sports corner guy. I mean, if you're feeling it, I'm go not for really. It. Lil Nas X tweeted that gay shit was fun. I miss <laughs> pussy now. <laughs> 
good bit. <laughs> and I got a big laugh out of that. Like he's just like a fun little troll. Like he's not very talented and he just like every six months he, we've done this, but he has like a new, like, Oh, I made these blood Satan shoes and now I'm pregnant. And like, just he's, he's, he's very good at staying in the spotlight. He had a fun follow-up. What was the tweet he had again? He said, uh, this gay shit was fun. I miss pussy now. And then he like quote tweeted that and then said, "Never mind." He just texted back. <laughs> I was like, that's good. That's yeah, that's funny. He's got bits. I don't love his music. But nah, he tweaking. He's funny on Twitter. And this is, I don't know how we forgot it till this. this is the big story of the week. Megan Trainer and her <laughs> husband, Daryl <laughs> Sabara, who is the kid from the Spy Kids movies, have revealed they have toilets next to each other. And do you tell me you have Megan Trainer's tweet on there? Hi. She said, I like, I want to clarify. Yeah, read it. The, her saying it's funnier. To clear things up, we pooped once <laughs> together. <laughs> Just once, once is in capitals. And we laughed and said never again. But, but, but he will hang out with me if I'm shitting because we soulmates. Ugh. And I legit miss him when I'm away from him. Ugh. And we pee together. Obvi. Ha! Huh. <laughs> I pee when Lucy's in the bathroom, but she refuses to pee with me around. And shitting is extremely like, I don't even like being on the same floor when I'm shitting. Like the fact that we have two floors, two bathrooms, I'll like go upstairs to, you know, I have the bidet upstairs. So I'll go upstairs to use the bidet and like be alone. Yeah. When people take, that. when they're like, we're this into each other that we're like shitting together. It's like, this isn't charming. You're just like upsetting everybody. <laughs> it's a great this. time to go into the bathroom and like let your legs fall asleep because you look at TikTok or Instagram for so long yeah. and you get that like red imprint from your palm on your, on your face. <laughs> and I know you know what I'm talking about <sighs> from like resting your head in your hands and just like get in there and like give yourself hemorrhoids. Ugh. But yeah, this, this Megan, uh, them as a couple you, is so weird. This might be the new like Kevin Smith wife tweet where it's just like I'm my brown taint yeah, like an uh, appalling overshare where she's just talking about shitting with her soulmate. <laughs> it's fucked up. But uh I think yeah. that's a good piece of news to go out on. Oh, and one more thing that I feel like a lot of people aren't <laughs> talking about for some reason even though it seems big, the Zodiac killer has been identified. It was actually, ironically enough, it was Hank. Fuck. I had a feeling that Hank Which might is be. why he was able to be in the basement with us tonight. He is actually hiding out here. Hank no. killed all of those people in California. He's working on a new code, and we're uh, helping with the mm. symbols. But yeah, I mean, I guess it wasn't uh, the guy who played Drew Carey's brother. That's a in, shame. In the film Zodiac. Was it Ted it. Cruz? <laughs> I mean, it was, wasn't it? That's one of my big bits. If I had Twitter, I would have done the juiciest Ted Cruz as the Zodiac tweet. You would have fucking lost your fucked up mind. Tonight's the night. Boo. But yeah, that that's interesting. There'll probably be like another Zodiac movie where they... Zodiac 2 with the whole cast back. I'd watch it. Yeah. I guess it was got some guy named Gary Francis Post. And he's dead, right? Yes, he died in 2018. It's a shame. Which takes a lot of the fun out of it. It's like, and you believe it less when it's like, oh, it was some dead guy. Of right. course it was. Right. The detective's like, close the book on that one. Give this guy a promotion. Just like pinning it on some dead guy. Detectives. And I, have no, I was trying to come up with a seven quote and I got nothing. Sloth, wrath, pride. <laughs> <laughs> there are seven deadly sins, Mr. Sims. Yes, yes. 
And Woody Harrelson is facing charges after he punched a man in self-defense. A Safe. paparazzo who wouldn't stop taking pictures of him and his daughter. Some cool guy Woody stuff. Um, Steve Carell has been cast in The Patient, a new FX series that follows a psychotherapist who finds himself held prisoner by a serial killer with an unusual request to curb his homicidal urges. Oh, Ooh, does that is that selling you? Serious Steve Carell, big fans. fans. We just did this. Fans will know we love Serious Steve Carell here at the program. Mm. And this is an FX show to probably be all cool and gritty and dope. Directed by Ryan Murphy. Oof, God, I hope not. Packed with Marshalls. Ryan Murphy needs to like surrender. To, what? To work, no, I don't. To working in film and television for the better of the medium. Juju B, where's my camera? <laughs> I'm an auteur. What? <laughs> Monty, are you enjoying this? This yeah. is just for you. And Me Sean. too, buddy. <laughs> hey, team. How are you? But, uh, and yeah, speaking of serial killers, I've been seeing a lot of previews for that new Dexter season. Now, Dex. I think that starts... You're going to tune in, whether it's good or not. Am I going to be popping up in dream sequences? I certainly hope so. Dexter's sister's anorexia has progressed even further to the point where she's just a head with no body. No, Deb. Listen, Deb. She blew away in the wind, actually, after the finale. Oh, did she? Mm. Interesting. They're going to have to... That's the whole... Uh, like, just... You know, the, the biggest part of the series is them chasing her down a beach like a kite. It's actually more interesting than what they did with her character in the actual final season. So I'm on board. Her dating that like other detective tough guy who I feel like should have been on like Rescue Me and just felt like he was on his own show. In. But yeah, that seems like enough. Maybe we go count some cards real quick. With friend of the show, star of Marriage Story or whatever the fuck it's called, Scenes from a Marriage, Oscar Isaac. Yes, the new Paul Schrader vehicle, the card counter. We'll be back with that and a bunch more, folks. We'll be right back. I felt like a... Welcome back, folks. Folks, we're back. Just want to enjoy this little medley. Yeah, I, I really like this song. I found myself just listening to it. Just cracking up. I do. Weird breakdown at the end. This is out. What a beautiful piece of music. Folks, we're back. And as we mentioned before break, we just watched The Card Counter, a new film by Paul Schrader, which is in theaters and or on iTunes. It was basically like a serious smoke and aces. (laughs) (laughs) If you can even fathom such a thing. But yeah, from Paul Schrader, we should give him a little shout out. He's a a filmmaker of note. He wrote Taxi Driver and... Baby's Day Out. Ooh. At least one of Scorsese's other, like, big movies. And he's something of a writer-director 
himself these days. He did first mm. reformed that Ethan Hawke movie that we almost walked decent. out of that. Didn't it's we slow? We're learning like slow, slow burn <laughs> character like, studies yeah. where the main character writes in a diary and as like a way to give narration throughout the movie, which is kind of cool. Even though it's lazy that like he's made three movies where the main character writes in a diary and that's like the thing. But I don't know. It works. Yeah. Paul Schrader is definitely known for writing more than anything else. And like for a movie, the summary, I guess, it's hard to even summarize because it's like a guy who is a card counter. Played by Oscar Isaac. It was nice to see him in a real movie after wasting five years of his life making the Star Wars sequels. But yes. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I felt like for a, a movie written or written and directed by a guy who's known for being a writer, there was little to no character development. It was basically just a bunch of people existing in a world that looked cool and we've been given, as an audience, have been given no reason to give a shit about any of them. Yeah, which can work. They were doing it like... He's the guy from Drive. It's just like, he's a cool guy. You don't even need to know anything right. about him. He's too cool for but, a backstory. But we do. Yeah, it would have helped a smidge. And yeah, the this is a gambling movie, which I feel like a lot of people enjoy. It's like a fun genre. I'm mainly thinking like the Oceans movies as some of my the casino flicks. Thief. Every time I watch a gambling movie, I'm like, I could do this. I could count cards. Really? I've never <laughs> had that in- inclination, impulse, whatever. Not once. Every t- Actually, I felt the opposite. Because in the very beginning, he's kind of explaining how card counting works. Mm. And I got lost during the explanation. Yeah, because they didn't... It was kind of just like droning mm. on. That was a lot of the movie. Like, people speaking in exposition and like long monologue type stuff. This is a movie we heard the program would call Icy Boring. I'd go mostly with boring, yeah, having like, seen all of it. In the very beginning, I had high hopes that it would be amongst the other greats that are long and drawn out. But this, it was, you know, it it was just slow for no reason, and it went nowhere. Yeah, it's like a buddy gambling two-hander. Oscar Isaac finds this kid who's, like, good at poker or is like cool with tagging around with helping him play poker so they start to like bop around they throw a friend of the show tiffany haddish in there as like something of a love interest right that like didn't really work like you said it was nice to see someone giving her a chance to be something other than the wacky friend on a girl's trip yeah but this wasn't the role for her yeah it wasn't really She's absolutely got the chops to do a lot of stuff, but like, if anything, they should have put her in the movie more. Like, yeah. they had a sex scene that just felt like two strangers fucking each other, which, like, I'm sure, yes, that happens. But in in a movie, I'd prefer, especially with, you know, give me some reason why this is even happening. Yeah, it was one of those sex scenes where it's like, this is happening now. Like, why? <laughs> like, she wouldn't go for him. But yeah, the had a great score, as Scotty always likes to point out. That was uh, that was keeping me in. But yeah, this is it's weird because everyone said they like loved this, and it had a bunch of stuff, like they were intercutting Guantanamo Bay footage of them, like like real footage in between stuff 
Did you understand why they did that? No. And there was a subplot with like these USA guys who he was playing cards with. And I was like, this is going to amount to something. And then it just kind of, I don't know, just kind of like fizzled along. Yeah. I, I wanted to like this. Yeah. So did I, I was like, this is going to be good. I'd heard nothing but at least positive things, if not raves. This feels like the type of movie that people will pretend that they loved it to just come across as interesting or something yeah. because it there's nothing about it to grab onto. Nothing. Yeah, like by the end, I don't know why anyone did I have a spoiler. Did. Keep it spoiler-free for the fans. Fine. Who the He's fuck in- is actually going to watch it after this? <laughs> if you're watching it after this review, you're a dick. Yeah, you like, just, you're, why do you even listen to the show? <laughs> if you're going to listen to us have this negative of a review and then go, you know what? I'm going to watch that anyway. What the I'm going to settle in for that 1999 rental Oof. that I'll be getting a refund on. But yeah, sometimes casino movies make cards and gambling seem interesting. This made playing cards seem as boring as it actually is mm. to play cards. Very realistic. Yeah, they did a good job of that. Yeah. But I mean, we can get down with a slow movie if it like amounts to something or like there's, give me something to chew on. This one just kind of, I wasn't really on its wavelength, mm. let's say. Maybe I'll bring Mac, back my, uh, it just wasn't for me, caveat for all these movies so I can sound classy when I say I didn't like it. He likes it. He's on board with it. Bitches leave. And yeah, that's the card counter. Now in theaters and on demand. Oh. Uh, can we talk about the movie that I watched this morning in the wee hours? Uh, 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 the Night House with the night friend house. of the show, Rebecca Hall. Yes. Big fan of Rebecca Hall. And it's nice to see her in a cool, artsy horror movie mm. like this. So you just mentioned The Night House. It's now on iTunes, and I think also in theaters. It might be out of theaters. I think it's a limited release, yeah. But yeah, brand new. It's Halloween season. We're getting into the horror yes. movie scene. This is a movie, you know, we'll keep it light, summary-wise. Like, her husband kills himself, and she's haunted by, you know, maybe him and the women he may or may not have killed. It's uh yeah they're vague which was cool. The best thing about this movie is like the creepy atmosphere <clears throat> of it. This movie was like getting to me. Heightened. I was watching this like you were late afraid. at night. Yeah. I'm a scaredy cat. We're learning this episode. I was going to say you were too afraid of Hellraiser. <laughs> You're getting scared at uh, Rebecca Hall's Nighthouse. What cr- else what else are you afraid of? I cry at Fast and Furious movies. I get scared at uh, I love that bit. Any horror movie. But yeah, like most horror movies can be boiled down to like it, whether or not it worked for you. And this movie was sure. like big time working for me. That's a good angle. Yeah, I agree. I just, I went into this with zero knowledge of what it was and what it was about. I saw it on your story. In. And I thought, well, we we're doing the show tonight, so I might as well watch this. Love that for you. And I like her a lot. There's a scene in the beginning where she's just like, gives it to this lady in an apparent teacher conference and it's she's a teacher and it just is it's just awesome yeah that alone is worth the price of admission on this movie there's a bunch of those yeah she's like a real pro yeah if you haven't seen the movie christine where she plays this it's like a true story about this woman who killed herself live on the news 
wild fucking movie. She's incredible in it. I forgot about that movie. I should rewatch that. She's she's in the town as well. She plays Ben Affleck's uh, t- uh, Toonie love interest. Yeah. But yeah, she's like crazy in this movie. There's mm. a scene where she finds this woman at the library who she thinks slept with her husband. She goes, take your hair down. The girl goes, why? She goes, because you slept with my husband and I'm asking you nicely. And just, just good, like crazy stuff like that. And the voice of her dead husband in this movie that like haunts her was very creepy and was, mm. you know, good, like sound Ooh. design work. Whatever I feel you say like the that. husband was in an episode of Hacks or something. Yeah, he was on... The guy who jumps off the balcony. He's on that show Easy, that Joe Swanberg show that no one on earth besides me has seen. I don't even fully remember who Joe Swanberg is. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Is he the guy who directed Drinking Buddies? He is, yeah. Okay. He's in a bunch of Swanberg stuff. I don't know the guy's name, but... Um, Yeah, I don't know him either, but he's good, actually. I was hoping that he'd be like in the movie. I hate when a director puts in somebody that you like that is good and that works in something Mm. or works in other things. You're like, oh, I like that guy. I know him. And then they just are a ghost or a vision or just a voiceover or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. That was one qualm I had. I wanted more of that guy, even though I can't remember his name. Ooh, we're in the qualm corner. But yeah, I mean, this was good, though. I liked it. It was fun. Yeah, I think they nailed it. If you like horror movies at all, check this one out. Spooky. Big seal of approval from both Turkey Boys. Folks, this doesn't happen every week. Not often, really. We used to line up all the time, and now I'm just hating everything. <laughs> I actually like loved everything I saw last weekend. I watched Venom, Many Saints, and what we should talk about next, in my opinion, um, The Guilty. The Guilty. I loved this. This was my pick of the week. Folks... We both liked a new Netflix original movie? This goes into the ranking uh-huh. with um, I Care A Lot, with best Netflix originals of all time. Yeah. Which, you know, not the highest bar, no. but, but we're there. If you haven't heard of this, it's a new Netflix original, as we said, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, playing a 911 call center responder answer this is probably a better well he's a this. he's actually like a like an actual cop and i think it's they let you that's know that he's is. being reprimanded and that's like his punishment he has to answer 911 calls yeah that was a cool thing about this movie they like dole out information slowly like you don't yeah. learn that until you're like 30 minutes in it's like oh he's like a somewhat disgraced cop right because he's answering the phones kind of unhinged yeah and like then you realize to yeah, people it's like oh well that makes sense he's terrible at this yeah and yeah like he gets obsessed with this one case and the interesting thing about it is they never show you the people he's talking to it just stays on him the whole time i found myself on imdb yeah but they keep it interesting without ever showing you the what's actually going on Mm. and he thinks he's like solving this case and it uh it was really interesting. Would have been nice if they somehow found a way to work Riley Keough's butt into this, but oh, yeah, I'm she was okay with voices. that not happening. Yeah, she's a babe. Love her. But yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal is fucking going for it oh, in this yeah. movie. It's like, imagine like Jack Bauer as a 911 call operator. That's like the speed he's on. Yeah, he's dialed movie. up to a 10 the whole movie. Yeah. And it's a good movie about like showing how wrong someone can be about something. Mm-hmm. 
Like you convince yourself you're right, trying to do the right thing, and it all blows up in your face because of this and that. We also That's forgot to mention it stars friend of the show, Peter Sarsgaard. Oh, yes. And it's directed by Training Day director Antoine Fuqua, who Ooh. I don't know what else he's made. That's great. Wait, is Sarsgaard in it? Yes. I can't remember him for some reason. He's uh, the husband on the phone. Oh, but they don't show him? They do not. Oh, that's why. Okay. I don't even think I noticed it was him. Yeah, he does a thing with his voice that makes it not quite sound like Garden State At or one... what you might have imagined him to sound like. Yeah. At one point, I thought I was hearing Bill Burr as one of the phone That is correct. The nightclub guy hey, who's just like, Dad. you gotta get down here, dude. Hey, Dad. The lovely Nia is here. I had a big laugh at that. Bill Burr just getting these weird roles like him. Like, I got another acting gig on The Mandalorian. And Manto. Yeah, this is, I told you this, but kind of like a reverse Nightcrawler. Mm. Where he plays like a weird, intense guy trying to do the right thing instead of the wrong thing. Something of a meets. And I don't know if you heard Jake on Howard. I haven't listened yet. You said it was good, though. It was. But uh, they shot this movie in 11 days, which is impressive. Because you watch it, it's like, oh, this is a real movie. You yeah. know, it's mostly set in one place. Like To do all of it in 11 days seems like workish. But as you mentioned, directed by Antoine Fuqua. This is much better than his last effort, that fucking Mark Wahlberg, Paramount Plus Impossible? original. Oh, boy. Infinite. Infinite, right, right. Infinitely better than that picture. Speaking of Mark Wahlberg and Netflix originals, I learned the other day that Spencer Confidential is the most watched Netflix original film. I heard that too on something. I was like, that can't be right. I think covered it. That just can't be right. With what is like Eliza Schlesinger? Was that that movie? Hi. Yeah, I think she does play his lady friend in that. I just, I don't see it. That's one of the most forgettable movies ever made. Yeah. Another Peter Berg bean set classic. Uh, We're working on a new movie. Yeah. It's called Star Road. Oh, wow. It's going to be fucking sick. But yeah, and this movie was written by Nick Pizzolatto, the guy who did the first and second seasons of True Detective. Oh. I thought that was notable. I don't think cool. he's done much since. That's a cool lineup. Hmm. Yeah, the... When Jake Gyllenhaal was on Howard, he said, like, he found the script. Then he, like, assembled everybody else. He's at that status where he's like, I want to make this. Let me find a director to do this. A cool guy, like. I saw on Jake Gyllenhaal's Instagram as well, they made this during COVID. And the Mm. director, Antoine, was just in a trailer, like, directing it remotely somehow. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody was just, like, separated. and Because, I mean, the movie itself is mostly just Jake in a room alone. Literally. Or at least like far far enough away from other people. So it's like they could make this movie during COVID. Yeah. But yeah, you'd never know it if you didn't know it. You can just throw right. it on and it's like <clears throat> it's <a> solid picture. <clears throat> uh yeah. So that's the guilty now on Netflix with friend and king of the show, Jake Ooh. Gyllenhaal. Is he on the wall? He is. You got him up there? On the left. Oh yeah, there he is. Right? Is he on the left? Or no, that's not him. That's Gosling. No, he's on the right. Yeah, right above my head. Oh, yeah, there we are. He's back. Thank goodness. Oh, can I get in Squid Game real quick? Hit me. Because everyone's watching it. It's and the I, fucking talk of the town, baby. It really is. I liked it a lot. It's a, I think, this 
I might be talking out of school, but it's a Korean show. And you got to watch it dubbed or I guess with subtitles. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, also on Netflix. I think it's like number one in 90 countries right now. And speaking of record-breaking Netflix numbers, I think already, even though it's only been out for a week and a half, it's the most highest-watched Netflix show. In history. Like globally in history. Jesus. It's interesting. It's like it starts off giving you the backstory of this guy and he's sort of like a bum and he's gambling and he like loses all his money and doesn't know what to do. Condolences. He gets the bums lost. He gets caught up with this, you know, what I guess is the squid game and they end up like almost kidnapping all these people and they're forced or not forced. I guess they have the choice to leave, but they don't really show that if they get away with that. They all choose to do the games, and then the games themselves yes. are one, the first game they play is red light, green light. Yes. But it's a different spin on it. That's all I'll say. Oh. And it's quite fetching. Like it's Is it know, like gory? Is it get into horror type territory? A little bit. Okay. It's you'll be you'll like this. It's interesting. Yeah, someone compared it to the Saw films, and I was like, okay, now I'm sold. I'll get in there. Mm. Yeah, the I've heard nothing but Good things. As I was saying earlier, people who don't even watch TV yeah. are hitting me up like, you seen this thing? It's a whole piece of work. And yeah. I also saw a news story that the guy who created it wrote this like 12 years ago and it got turned down by like everyone in the world. Now they finally make it. It's like this unbelievable smash hit. Imagine how vindicated he must feel. Like, yeah. see? Stories like that are like inspiring slash depressing, where it's like, it's cool that he finally got it made, but think of all the people who didn't get that thing made and have waited even longer and it'll just never happen. Or someone else just took their idea and made it and it was a piece of shit compared to what it could have been had Hollywood not been run by vampires. Thank you. But Hollywood, if you're listening, hit us up for anything. We're available. I am not, actually. I have, that ship has sailed. I am exclusively on Enough the Podcast. Wow. Unless it's for at least like $400. Okay, cool guy stuff. 450 A taste, if you will. But yeah, that's Squid Game. I've only watched the first episode, so that's really all I can say. I don't want to spoil, but it is interesting. I think there are 10 episodes. I'm going to watch it. On Netflix as well. I think you'll like it. I'll get in there. Yeah, it is very, very Korean. Ooh, I could. Someone, it. someone at home is like Vietnamese, and I, now I feel like an asshole. But it's—I don't want to say it's very Asian because it's that's too broad. Like yeah. it's like it has that like parasite feel to it. Yeah, I was just someone online had a good bit like like voice of guy who's only ever seen Parasite. When it comes to Korean film, it's like I'm getting a real Parasite vibe from Squid Game. <laughs> it was, yeah, that's funny. I kind of butchered it, but you get it, folks. I also watched Old Boy and Infernal yeah. Affairs. Yeah. <laughs> Infernal Affairs is Chinese, but Train to Busan. Anyway, we're well I shut versed. off Train to Busan. Ooh, I love that movie. I couldn't get in. Great zombie flick, but I think it's time we get into maybe the featured review. It seems featured review ish, even though we're doing it at the end. I would say Many Saints in Newark can be the featured review. Yeah. Yes, folks. The Sopranos movie finally came out. It's called The Many Saints of Newark. It's in theaters and on HBO Max for the next couple of weeks. And it's still insane to me that they made a Sopranos prequel movie. And now it exists and we've seen it. No good. And 
No, it's just crazy. I mean, I know I was all fired up for this. You went and saw this in a theater, like a real class act. I did. Did you wear a suit? Like uh, a, a made man type suit? <laughs> I wore actually my Krusty the Clown green PJs that I'm wearing right now. <laughs> yeah. Send me those photos, by the way. I will. That, um, that fit is fire. It's so silly. I saw this in the theater, and I am, I'm pretty sure I'm the only guy in existence who flat out loved this. Yeah. I thought it was great. This is my big caveat. I've said this a lot this week. I enjoyed watching this movie, even though it's very weird and not what I thought it was going to be. And almost every complaint I've heard someone have since seeing it, I've agreed with. This movie's something of a mess, I would say. It felt... (laughs) The the negatives that I have are I felt like it was kind of miscast and then mm. the editing was a little weird. Welcome to the many complaints of newer. <laughs> <laughs> That's clever. He's in. Um, I mean, we got to talk about the cast. Leslie uh, Odom Jr. getting not a ton to work with, but he for he did a lot with a little. He was good. Yeah. The guy who played Tony's father, John Bernthal, I thought he kind of crushed it. There's a fun scene where he gets out of jail after five years and sees a black family has moved into the neighborhood and it immediately becomes like his only concern and top priority. It's like you've been in prison for five years. Right, and you're going to immediately come home and you're going away or you're coming home party and start an argument with your wife in front of everybody about it. Like it's her fault for not stopping them. Literally, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. And, you know, playing young versions of iconic characters is tough. It's a tall order, especially with Sopranos. And they either nail it or it's like distracting. Right. The people who nailed it, I thought Corey Stoll as young Uncle June was very good and had some fun moments. Uh, the guy who played young Polly was good because he was being kind of subdued. He was just doing like the metal point mm. and like subtly giving off a, a Polly vibe. The guy who played young Sill? Awful. Was a cartoon character. <laughs> yeah, miscast, was, over the top, going for it. So distracting. Every scene, he was just like doing that sill dance and like making that frowny face. He took like the the sill walk, which is like kind of like <clears throat> slouched shoulders and like a weird side to side posture. He took that and just dialed it up to a ten and just did it in every scene. Yeah, like if he was doing an SNL sketch, he would have killed. It would have right. been like incredible. But in a, a real movie that was supposed to be taken seriously, it was just kind of reading. It was oddly. just an impression. Uh, no young Artie Bucco, zero out of ten. <laughs> End of review. And he is, an, you know, although. Uh, someone on Twitter told me know. there's a scene on the bus where, like, Artie says something about, like, I'm going to run my dad's restaurant, but I completely missed it. I needed more Bucco. Um,. It's fun just hearing people going like, oh, in a movie again. They could have just, there's so much they could have done with this movie. And I still like, I think it's like if you recently watched The Sopranos or if you've not seen The Sopranos, don't bother seeing, don't bother watching this or at least watch this with the expectation that you probably won't be that in love with it. Yeah, because I don't even know how it would land for someone who hasn't seen The Sopranos because so much of it is just like fan service and then like winking bait basically directly into the camera being like, you get what we're referencing? Remember this? My mom actually came to it with me and 
I don't, she's not as tough of a critic as we are. She's a lot more optimistic about movies. As long as they're not like gross, she'll mm. be at least somewhat interested. And she liked it, but mostly because the, like, I think the art direction was done really well and the wardrobe and the vehicles in the movie. And it just, yeah. it felt like the 60s. It is a classy picture. Yeah, or the seventies, whatever, like nineteen seventy one or whatever year it was supposed to be. It was it yeah. was it was <clears throat> the cinematography was I think great. <laughs> and Alessandro Novola did pretty well. I don't think they gave him the most realistic character to work with. I think like him killing it. We're doing a lot of spoilers here. Yeah, I was gonna skip say, ahead if, if you if, want. If we didn't do that up top, I feel like if you're gonna see this movie, you've seen it already, it's been out for a week. We're going to get into it. Right. If you have not seen it, skip the next minute or two. Mm. Like Alessandro Nivola killing a bunch of people. Oh. Like really brutally. Like he beats Ray Liotta to death with a steering wheel or like off of a steering wheel in a car. And that's supposed to be his father. I got to give a shout out to Ray Liotta. I thought he was great as both characters. They do a beer fest-esque. They kill one of them off. And it's like, oh, there's another Ray Liotta, which I thought was funny unintentionally. Yeah, that was dumb. Very odd. And yeah, like there's fucking gumas all over oh. the place. They say Pisha deal, which is a classic Sopranos gag they throw in there. They get the varsity athlete line, the oh poor you. Ooh. They did the carnival arrest. Yeah. Something I loved that uh, Alessandro Nivola, who plays Christopher's father, Dickie Moltisanti, who's like a big looming figure on the show and they mm. show how important he was to Tony. Oh. I like, he calls Tony Gugutz and that's something Tony calls AJ in the oh. show. I thought that was clever. It had a lot of stuff like that where like they were hearkening back. Some of the references were like two on the nose and other ones were subtle and like, yeah, like young Tony talking to his guidance counselor. I was like, oh, this is like him in therapy talking to Melfi. That's cool. I I, I think I need to rewatch it to catch you immediately rewatched it, which you said was a bad choice. Too early. Yeah, like the next day. Other people <laughs> want to watch it and I was like, sure. Go with the flow hoops. I would have been like, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> it's been too soon. Or it's too soon. I can't do it. But yeah, the too I'm many telling ref- you that I am. The too many references thing. There's like a scene where baby Christopher's crying and when he gets handed to Tony, and young Tony's like, he doesn't like me. And one of the characters goes Sometimes children know things from beyond, and then they linger for like way too long. It's like, do you get it? It's because Tony. Mm. They they I, laid it on yeah, too I, thick. I caught that, and I was trying to decide if I was in. It was such a do you get it? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I do. Everyone does. Ham handed. And yeah, the <clears throat> James Gandolfini's son, Michael Gandolfini, I thought was good, even though it takes way too long for them to get to the part of the story where it's him. It's mm. like nine-year-old Tony for the first hour of this kind of all over the place movie. Yeah, to me, I felt like the first hour flew by but then the movie kind of felt over and there was an hour left and then they worked in Michael Gandolfini's character and I was like, well, isn't the movie about to end? Yeah, and especially they, they build it as like a, this is like Tony's, yeah. like find out how he becomes right. a Darth Vader type thing. And he's really like an afterthought in the movie. They focus on all the other characters so much yeah. more. If you'd asked me two weeks ago what this movie was about, I would have said young Tony Soprano mm. because of the way that they that's, build it. It's totally what they sold it as. And, you know, that's fine. It's just I was expecting something 
Different. It was Alessandro Nivola's movie by Miles. Yeah. And he's not bad, but like it's, you know, it's hard not to see like Pollux Troy and <laughs> Bye Bro. Yeah, bye, bro. I actually wrote that down. He's got the he's a good actor. Yeah, he's just good. think imagine he's playing like a mob boss in this and he plays the sidecar wimpy rascal and face off. And then have all. you ever seen The Art of Self Defense? I have. He's great That's in that. good too. Yeah, he's one of those he never gets his due, but he's quietly great in like everything I've ever seen him in, now that I think about it. Alessandro Nivola, friend of the show. What did you think of Vera Farmiga playing the iconic role of Tony's mother? Um, I would say mother. of everybody, she probably did the best. Mm. Like she was probably the one who took not the world's greatest framework and made it into something better. And I don't even think that she's that outstanding. Like she's kind of like the conjuring. She was been in like what all the conjuring movies and the departed and then like running scared and like what else? (laughs) Yeah. She pops up. She pops up. She gets work. Her daughter's getting work now. So like, I think Ryan Murphy work though. Right. (laughs) It counts. It counts. What? Um, She's good. And I think she's very good in this. And you can, like, I kept trying to picture the real characters. Like, I kept trying to, like, see Livia. He's a real character. He's a real character. And I could, I don't know. I could see Livia with her. Did the theater applaud at the scene where she says to Tony, oh, poor you. I cackled alone, in (laughs) fact, in a theater of silence. (laughs) I had a good, like, (laughs) ha, 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 ha. I did like the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen meme. Yeah. And <laughs> like, nobody and nobody else acknowledged it. I had a big laugh at that and I had a big laugh at the varsity athlete uh at the dinner table scene yep. with Junior. And a that was I, it. A scene I didn't love. They do that scene Tony talks about in season six where like his dad shoots his mother's wig while they're driving. Yeah. That's a scene they didn't need to throw in. That's cooler just to imagine. Because mm. that scene took forever and I thought wasn't great but what can you do they have that delphonic song from jackie brown at one point in the movie they're pretty good that was notable and yeah it kind of like races through everything but at the same time is slowly paced does that make sense yeah you picking up what i'm putting down i am and it is but i still enjoyed it I want to. I want to reiterate. I enjoyed watching this movie. And if I, I hadn't seen it, your review would never ever make <laughs> me want to see it. Yeah, you're like, it's like you don't want to admit that you disliked a Sopranos product. I know, because yeah, it was like a bummer. Yeah. I just, it was weird. And oh my god, that fucking ending. You're a the ending was was like the big sour note where I was just like, what's going on here? Because all of a sudden, with no like lead up or not even a scene where tony's really <clears throat> oh when dickie beats his gumar to death and then throws her in the ocean not even that but just like tony's like there's a scene where he throws out the speakers that dickie gave him because he's like i don't want anything to do with this life and that's just like and then he changes his mind because someone dies and they start playing the fucking theme song of i the hated Sopranos how they reworked that christopher line because they had Keep in mind, they had Michael Imperioli doing voiceover throughout the movie. Yes. And they reworked the like, that's the one of the coolest lines in the series when Christopher says, that's the guy, my uncle Tony, the guy I'm going to hell for. 
And it's like, that makes sense in the show, in the moment, when after he's like buried some guy somewhere or something crazy. In the, in the movie, he says, that's the guy I'm in hell for or whatever. Yeah. They make it past tense. And he's like narrating the movie from hell. He's there's several times where he says like it's weird <laughs> it's weird down here and there's like Oof. other voices yeah it, it added a very Oof. like lame layer where it's like <laughs> yeah Christopher's down there fuck like, yeah hell like I'm writing Cleva two down here in hell with uh fucking AJ Styles or whatever that Wings guy's name is it was oh JT JT Dolan. There it is. Him getting his head beaten in, but with an Emmy. I don't believe JT is with us. I literally, I was watching this alone. And at the end, it's supposed to be so cool (laughs) when the theme song just starts playing while they're zooming on Tony being like, I'm going to be evil now. I I had such like a... I have a reveal. You started crying? No, but I thought it was it was, it was cool in the theater. <laughs> you loved it. <laughs> I thought it was sick. I was like, nice. I feel like most people did. It just uh, no, they didn't. It really no, struck. They didn't. It struck me odd. <laughs> I don't know that anyone but me actually loved this movie. Everyone mm. else, like Rian, was ripping on it. Uh, who else? Somebody else was shitting on it. I forget who. Everybody, yeah. Like everybody online. Oh yeah. Just like no one. A bunch of my clients, like at least three of them have come in and been like, I thought you said you liked that. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, the like one of the most sour notes I've ever seen something end on. And it's funny because the ending of The Sopranos is so cool and understated and sudden. And the end of this is just so laughably shoehorned. It's like the theme song's playing. Do you get it? He's gonna... Uh, uh. So that's Many Saints of Newark <laughs> on HBO Max until Halloween or in theaters. So go see it because it was great. How many baked ZDs are you giving this? I'm going to give it five out of five baked ZDs. Five out of five? I gave it five out of five on Letterboxd Reveal. This is getting like Karen's last ZD out of five. I'm not ready me. yet. No, this is like the definition of a mixed South bag. of the border. I'm giving this two and a half baked Roadies. ZDs. And yeah, there should have been a scene where Uncle June went down on a babe. That would have been a, a more fun member berries like callback. Yeah, something like that. We needed, I needed even more Easter eggs, truly. And yeah, I mean, I thought the best parts were when it was doing its own thing with like newish characters. Mm. But I don't know. It's a, if nothing else, it's good to have a new reason to completely rewatch the sopranos you can watch it now with a little extra context ah and yeah there's a reveal <laughs> yeah they never they didn't show that guy that guy should have been in it him and his bike yeah there should have been a young johnny sack with like some candy cigarettes that would have really hit the spot for me mm. missed opportunities a lot of stuff had could have been and, and wasn't yeah did you want to talk about your theater experience? Didn't something fucked up happen? It was just a fucked it? up theater in general. Like the Braintree Theater has not been renovated in two decades. And we got in there. The whole ceiling, like they have like a drop ceiling. <laughs> and the whole ceiling is ripped apart in this theater. Like for, I would imagine, some sort of technical work. My mom's first thought is, I hope a mouse doesn't jump down on us. And I was like, very realistic possibility. Yeah. That sucks. I wish you didn't say it. And so the... There, first of all, the movie was a 1 p.m. showtime last Saturday. We Ooh. sat down at 12.57. I was like, what a perfectly timed day. Love a nice matinee. Agreed. Love that for you. We got in there. 
40 and I no no lie that they didn't start the trailers until 115 or like 110. Yeah, trailers lately it's either like 1 or 17. There were 10, yeah. I think. Literally. And it was it was almost 2 o'clock before the movie got going. Yeah. When they play that many trailers, it's like, okay, I don't like movies anymore. It was Too like many. <laughs> commercial, 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 like movie, newbie or whatever. Some like promotional thing with Maria Menounos or whatever. Bye. And then it rolled right into all the trailers. And then after the trailers, I'm like, okay, finally. And then they went back into another AMC, like long form, two minute commercial. Could you? Like for like uh, like AM everybody's trying to do the Vin Diesel of the movies now the and movies. like AMC's trying to get a piece. It's like, oh, yeah, hey, that- why don't you just talk about that billion dollar bailout that you got from the government that you're wasting on not renovating your theaters and just hiking up the price of popcorn? Yeah, they did a new one with <clears throat> Nicole Kidman. It's not nearly as enjoyable <sighs> as the movies. The movies. But and yeah, the- so then the lights didn't go off. Oh, they left the like house lights up. And I had to go outside and talk to a manager and ask them to come in and shut the lights off. And then it took them five minutes to even figure out how to do it. So then there was the lights were just on for the first seven minutes of the movie. Wow. And I couldn't and it's a dark movie, like like yeah, it's no. like almost like a Tim Burton movie. You can I couldn't see the screen. That always bugs me. They I've experienced that before. That's that's trash. But yeah, the Braintree Theater, they charge like IMAX prices. Then you get in there and like the seats are all torn up and it's like a dump. It's like, <laughs> like what the fuck's going on here? I just spent like $23 for this ticket. Fun fact, join AMC Stubbs and program it and get the Adam Tickets app. Mm. And you program your Stubbs number in and it automatically gives you the Stubbs points through it. Ooh. And then so AMC is doing something for, I don't know if it's for Stubbs members or Adam Tickets members, but I don't like buying my tickets anywhere but Adam because the interface is the best. Ooh. You buy your tickets on there. And for Braintree AMC, I paid thirteen eighty eight per ticket, which is a little steep for a matinee. Mm. But then I got one of them for free. Oh, for whatever. And I think that's an Adam Tickets thing. So Adam Tickets. That's an ad. So, I don't know. That's Many Saints in Newark. We watched we watched a lot this week. We have even more stuff to talk about next week. We're going to talk about that Chappelle special because Scotty hasn't watched it yet. Oh, man. Oh, man. And maybe Queen Pins with Vince Vaughn and Paul Walter Hauser. Yes. And also Halloween Kills will be the featured review. That's on Peacock and in theaters Friday. That's that's big. That's huge. Huge. Michael Myers... What do you think Michael Myers is going to be up to this time around? You think go, he's gonna be- Michael, go. It'd be fun if he just stopped killing in one of these movies and the series had like a wild turn in a new And direction. it's just a hang? Yeah. It's just like a road movie of some sort. Something just fucked a, up like that. It's a legit road trip. Yeah, him and like, Laurie Strode fall in love. This could be a green light. What I'm if really, really LaRoche falls in love? Yeah. <laughs> That's how much fuck fish. Thank you. Yeah, we'll be talking about all those. And I just want to sneak in real quick because I saw in the news when we were on break, Netflix is developing a 90s spinoff of that 70s show. For fans who don't remember, I've said that they should do this. Find the episode where Scott says this and we can use it for our benefit. I found a tweet. I literally tweeted this four years ago to the day, October 8th, 2017. This is verbatim. Since they're just resurrecting... Ugh, resurrecting every old show, bring back that 70s show as that 90s show. It would line up time-wise and be a fun new angle. And now they're doing exactly that. 
have been incepted yet again, folks. Well, they probably have people that are paid to just scour Twitter to steal ideas. Yeah. Not that it's, you know, it's not, not an obvious idea. This isn't idea, the first time still. it's happened with us. Yeah. That's all. We do this type of stuff all the time. Just know, Hollywood, we know you're listening and we're coming for you. And Big Ank invented the Duraflame log Ooh. while we're on the subject. Hell yeah. Just to put that out there. Yeah, I'll vouch for that. Mm-hmm. Um, how about we watch a little Wedding Crashers Sounds and get cool. the fuck out of here? Ba ba ba. Don't ask me that. Don't ask me. Don't. Yeah. Oh, the train's going. We gotta get. Step on my head when I'm drowning. Step on my head when I'm drowning. What a, what a great friend. Wendy, what? This is completely against the rules. You have a wedding. Speaking of Owen Wilson, did you see him on SNL by any chance? No, but I need it. I heard you. You said it was good. Yeah, there was a sketch with him as uh, Jeff Bezos. It was funny just because it's Owen Wilson, but it's still worth a watch. Him with a bald wig, like. And also, his guests were his brothers uh, Luke and the other one from uh, the early Wes Anderson movies. I was really charmed by that. That is charming. Mm. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. They're locking it up. Look at the way he's looking at me. I can tell this is such a line. line. He's the Secretary of Treasury. And to be honest with you, my taxes aren't that <laughs> anymore. Oh, come on. You're being paranoid. <clears throat> he's threatened by the way I dance. <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> Stupid. Has, an oh, Has nothing to do with anything, him just throwing that out there? Him knowing him being an, a bad dancer is an impossibility. <laughs> now I'm going to ride. You take off the white wig. You stop judging me. I don't want to be around someone who's a nut job. I need some alone time with her. If you want to hang out with Claire, the boyfriend is civil, by all means, I'm not going. Let me lay it out for you in simple chapter first. You're going. That means for... And that's 90 seconds oh, wow. of Wedding Crashers. Yeah, I don't even know what he was promoting on SNL. He must be in something new-ish. He was on Loki a bit ago. I either way, love it either way, yeah. yeah. Bring him everywhere. Folks, why don't you go ahead and shoot us an email if you're so inclined. Uh, it's enoughthepodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Podcast Enough. We're on Instagram at EnoughThePodcast. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Skip Seasoned. Why don't you go ahead and have a goo? I would love that. Have a good one, everybody. I'm on uh, Instagram at Ankner, A-N-K-N-E-R. My account is public now, so stalk away. That's the goal. Also, ankfit.com. Sign up for everything. Ooh. Just buy a package. Let's do it. Hell yeah. You and me. Folks, we'll see you next week with Halloween Kills, a bunch of other stuff. Have a good Have a good one, man. Bye.